Hi, I'm Morgan. I'm Odette. And I'm Madeline. And, and we, we love Christian fiction. fiction. We love it so much that we wanted to talk about it on a podcast. Each episode, we will read classics of the genre or new releases. And discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly. So come join us. Hi, listeners! Welcome back to another episode of Redeeming with Podcast. Here we are. Hello! Morgan, those jazz hands were so cool, but no one could hear those. So <laughs> I wish you well, could see your cool jazz hands. It was a great intro. I uh, I like to think that you can just see me doing it in your mind's eye if you know me, which probably a lot of you do. Some of you might not, though. So Yeah, some of you might not, but just picture when Morgan's excited about a book, jazz hands are happening. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> jazz hands. So. Um, in this episode, we have a new, surprise, surprise, a new type of episode that we've decided to launch in season two. Um, we're and just springing this on you. We're springing this on you. Yeah. To be fair, no. we sprung it on ourselves That's, this week. Yes. Yeah. 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 So we have the idea of doing a hybrid episode with an author interview intermixed in the episode with a delightful book summary that we know that you all love. So really, really excited because this is the first one of our new hybrid author slash book episodes. We'll come up with, with a better name, but that's what it's we're calling it for now. Basically just a way that we can get more book episodes into your ears. Exactly. That's, exactly. that's my theory on this. You're that. welcome. Exactly. And yep. you're so welcome. And also because it in, in part is we have had so many authors, which is literally amazing, reach out to us and want us to talk about their books on the episode. And we were like, well, what if we did it together? <laughs> so that's what this is. Yeah. And we're really excited. <laughs> yes, seriously. So what yeah. are we reading today? We are reading The Shifting Current by Danny Petrie. I'm holding his up as if you can see it. But you, you can't because it's an audio podcast. But that's what <laughs> we, we are reading. <laughs> yes. And we talked to Danny Petrie, which is so, so, so exciting. Um, yeah, so we can't wait to share the interview. From a housekeeping perspective, what do we got on the agenda, ladies, today? Just, you know, babies are, are around. So, slew of babies. And slew of babies. I think that's it. You'll You'll notice that maybe some of your... Maybe one of your particular favorite sections is missing. We will have several sections missing from our regularly scheduled program, but don't never fear. We will have more full length book episodes for you. This is just a fun little diversion. It's a hybrid episode. It's people. a hybrid, it's it's a hybrid episode. Hybrid yeah. car. Just... Not every car on the road is a hybrid car, just a few of them. Thank you, Maureen. Yeah. That was, yeah. Was Absolutely. That was a great analogy. Um, I will say too that we'll just say this so you're not guessing the whole time what sections are we eliminating for this episode solely. So we, Mads Rad's reviews, Odette's relevant research, and Morgan's recommended reads are the three that we kind of cut out so we could have create space for the Danny Petri interview. Yes. And it is a delight. She was so, so, so much fun. Oh my gosh. And so, so yeah. Um, but before we dive into that interview, because we're actually going to put that kind of at the top of the episode here. So really excited about that. Morgan, why don't you go ahead and read the back cover copy? So that way our audience knows what the story is about before we jump in and talk to the author. I still can't believe that we talked to authors. It's literally amazing. <laughs> it's, 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 what is our life? What, 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 our what life? is our life? <laughs> I know. It's amazing. I can't. Okay. <laughs> go for it. 
An elusive killer, a false identity, a deadly maze of lies. When Coast Guard Investigative Service Special Agent Logan Perry's beloved grandfather is murdered, he gets on the first flight to his hometown of Cauldron Creek, New Mexico. His teammate, friend, and the woman he secretly loves, Emmy Thornton, joins him. Emmy knows Logan will pursue the investigation no matter the cost. She won't let the man she loves go alone. She needs to be at his side, even if he believes she's going simply out of friendship. What looks like a robbery gone wrong rapidly shifts, drawing Emmy and Logan into a dizzying maze where nothing is as it appears. Their only lead is a female drifter who's always one step ahead. Every clue slips through their fingers as threats against them grow deadlier, having only each other to rely on. Their love for one another deepens, but will they live long enough to admit it? Wow. They're in the killer's sights. One wrong move and they'll become the next victims. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Wow, 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 wow. Now you see why we were like, yes, Danny will talk to you. Also, we're going to read your book and talk about your book. <laughs> now you see. Now you see. <laughs> now you see. You do see it. You see it. Now you see it. Um, Fantastic. Well, thank you, Morgan. Let's dive into the interview with Danny Petrie. And then we'll come back and we're going to do our first ever truncated <laughs> quote unquote we'll see how good we do at that um, <laughs> version of a book a book deep dive all right this is um an interview with author danny petrie we're so so excited um we danny reached out to us and i was ecstatic when i saw um <laughs> the message come through on our instagram because i'm such a big fan of danny petrie and then odette and i specifically are huge fans of romantic suspense in general yes. so we were so excited at the opportunity to like read this new novella of yours and then also to just chat with you so thank you so much for reaching out <laughs> we're so excited Absolutely. to jump right in yeah, yeah, I love your podcast, so I'm super excited to be on it. Oh, thank Aww, you. Thank you so That's much. <laughs> we actually, because Morgan and I had read the book, or most, she read most of it, and I read your book before we were talking about rescheduling the in interview, yeah. and I said, what if we do a hybrid episode where we talk to Danny, and then we do a book review, because I was like, I want to talk about this book with you later. Oh, so your yeah. interview kicks off kind of a new era of our um podcast where we're going to do hybrid with author and book summaries um oh, kind of combined fun. in one so we're really That's excited funny. oh very yeah. cool you inspired that because yeah. oh, we knew that yeah. had to talk about the book yeah. that's awesome yeah. that's so cool that's exciting amazing uh so morgan do you want to take the first question i do absolutely okay so we have some writing questions first um, sure. What inspires your characters and your stories? Okay, so my stories and characters kind of go together. Typically, what I'll do is I'll have an idea for a profession I really like. So, for example, in Alaskan Courage, uh, Cole McKenna was a cave diver. And I watched this show about cave divers. And I thought, who's crazy enough to do that? And then who's crazy <laughs> still to do it for a living? And that's kind of how Cole came to life. And then I kind of the story kind of came from there. Um, so typically I have a profession that interests me. And then I'll think, well, who would do that profession? And then mm -hmm. if they did that profession, what would be some things that could go wrong with it or what suspense elements could come into play. So it kind of starts profession, character, and then the suspense line for the most part. But um, 
My characters, you know, some of them are inspired by family members. I will say there's a few in the Alaskan Courage series. Um, some are by like TV actors, like on a show, like kind of like not fan fiction exactly, but I'll like a character on a show and I'll think that would be kind of a fun stepping off point for a character to write. Mm -hmm. And so um, they just kind of come from all different directions, really. That's cool. And also that's, I, I find that fascinating that you, the profession is what jumps out to you first. Cause that's one of the things that I think is so interesting about romantic suspense books specifically mm -hmm. is all of the different like professions that the mm -hmm. hero and the heroine are often in. And they're like, this yeah. is just I think that it, mm -hmm. it tracks, it makes total sense. Okay. But I love that, that comes to you first. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think it's fun too, because I feel like you can figure out what someone does and be like, well, I would not be good at that, but this character clearly is shining in this right. career. Or there's times yeah. where it's like, you get to, you get the veil pulled back a little bit kind of on what that would be like yeah. day in the life, you know? And so, you yeah. know, or week in the life or month in the life, however long the book is. And I feel like that that's always interesting from a, a profession perspective um, yes. <clears throat> to kind of weave yeah. that then into a, you know, a romantic suspense. Yes, I think so. I think it really adds to the suspense, just the profession in mm -hmm. general. And um, I think it really makes for interesting characters as well. You know, that those aren't easy professions to have. A lot mm -hmm. of risk is with them. And so, I mean, I just find it intriguing. So kind of keeps so me how much, how much research is involved then? Yes, that's a great question. So I usually research the profession quite a bit. I usually try to find either um, somebody to talk with. Um, I have a police officer who reads all my work for authenticity. Um, but for example, if I'm writing about a forensic anthropologist, I'll contact one. I had um, my uh, cold shot uh, in my Chesapeake Valor series had a forensic anthropologist. And I found one, a professor at a university, and she did that. And she spent like hours on the phone with me, talking with me. And Whoa. she's been great. So, That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's it's been really cool. That's so cool. I, I, I love that. I had a job. Yeah. Somebody yeah. called me because they were writing a novel. Be like, yes, let yeah, me tell you. Right? Oh, That's oh, so my gosh. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Oh. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I don't know. I was just say people are usually really willing to share. Yeah. Yeah. That's, me. that's what I was going to yeah. say. Cause usually that type of career you've spent so many years, either in experience or school and, sure. or just kind of developing. Cause a lot of times those career paths, we've done some research on other episodes in this genre of books, like how to be in the mm -hmm. FBI things. And it's, all, it's pretty complex, you know, and even those things. So it has, yeah. those people usually are pretty passionate about the work they do and they have a reason for doing something. So I feel like yeah. you probably met such interesting people. Um, through that kind of level of research. It's been really fun. Yeah. I love talking to people. It's just, it's like, there's so many little things you can pick up that you wouldn't mm -hmm. like necessarily get from a book. So, you know, like I spoke to three people in the Coast Guard for the Coastal Guardian series and one was pretty young and just in, one was retired and the one was kind of in the middle and they all mm -hmm. had different stories and things that mm -hmm. like were happening you know and what would be a daily experience they were all different so it was really fascinating to see um but they're all passionate like you said so mm -hmm. definitely i love that that's so cool awesome that's so fun really, really cool. um so how did you get your start as a writer and did you know that you always wanted to be a writer or was this just kind of a development at a different point in your life yeah so i read um 
Murder on the Orient Express when I was younger and I mm. loved it and I fell in love with mysteries. And so um, like I was, I think third grade, I remember it. And um, I started reading Nancy Drew nonstop and watching Scooby-Doo. I credit mystery for Scooby-Doo. Um, and I fell in love with it. And then as I got older, I started reading romances and I was always keeping notebooks and coming up with story ideas. Um, and, but I never really thought about like, I want to be a writer or maybe I'll be a writer. It's just something mm -hmm. I did. Um, and then, um, I got married, I had kids and they got a little bit older and I started reading more and more, you know, like at night after everybody was in bed, I would read. And after a while I was like, I really want to do this. And so I took time, my kids were younger, um, not super young, but younger. And I homeschooled them. So I kind of took little pockets of time to learn the craft and just spent time studying books. And um, so I, I took several years just kind of learning it before I started. But yeah, then I just started, I think I want to write a book. I'm going to try to write a book. And I had a couple that will probably not see the light of day, but then Merge came out and it's been great. That is so cool. Yes. And I love that origin story. Honestly, um, I love it so much because I identify with so much of it. So <laughs> that's very like, it's just encouraging to hear someone else be like, this is how I started. This is where I was here. And I'm like, yeah, I feel that. Yeah, I feel that. So I love that. Oh, good. That's awesome. Um, oh, I so, think it's my turn. Okay. Oh, go ahead. Wait, before you jump into, because we have some book specific questions. Yeah, so sure. Morgan mentioned she listened to another interview that you were on and that Dee Henderson is your mentor. Like I have read her books since probably, honestly, I was nine years old, maybe. So it was oh, probably wow. before I was at the age where I was allowed to read that. <laughs> but we would, I was a huge, huge reader from the time I was probably three. And I have loved her books, reread them, and such a fan, my sister and I. And so when Morgan was like, yeah, Dee Henderson was her mentor, I was like, we have to ask her about that. Yeah. How that come about? So um, I've been a reader of Dee's as well. Actually, Dee's yeah. book, one of her books in the O'Malley series, A Friend Gave Me as a Gift. Yeah. And it was the first Christian fiction book I read. I didn't know there was Christian wow. fiction for whatever reason. And Which I one? fell in love. It was The Protector with Jack. Oh, yes. That was so good. So I was like, I, I love the O'Malley series. Right? I went and bought them all and I like read them in like two days. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> um, so she had a newsletter and she put something out in it. And I emailed her a question and we started talking um, and she asked what I was working on and I started telling mm -hmm. her and we just started this dialogue and we ended up where she started mentoring me and, um, really helped me through, I had one manuscript done and she read through it and gave me some advice. And I wrote a second, she gave me some advice. And then the third one I wrote was submerged, but she's mm -hmm. still like, I can go and say, oh my goodness, I like worked myself in a box and I can't get out. And how do I do, you know, and mm -hmm. or I'll panic deadlines coming. She'll be like rear in the chair. You've got this. Just get like very <laughs> calm, very like, you know, analytical, very. Um, and she's a fabulous person. So yeah, it was kind of a natural thing mm -hmm. that it just evolved. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I like still, it's hard to believe that, you know what I mean? Like yeah. somebody that I admire so yeah. much yes. is yeah. just, yeah, it's still hard to fathom, but she's amazing. So I'm really grateful. And she That's has awesome. such good stories of a blend of uh, suspense 
and drama and romance. Like I still read them. I literally recently reread, um, what is it? Uncommon Heroes. I reread two of those books in like 48 hours. Cause I was like, there's two that I like more than the other ones. They're all good. But I was like, I need to just read I get in moods where I just need to read some B. Henderson. <laughs> I actually mentor some writers now kind of in turn. And yeah. I was talking with one yesterday and we were talking about this certain aspect of the craft and I actually pulled out, I have it up here, D's uh, The Rescuer. And I was showing examples out of that book. And I was mm -hmm. like, I was pulling them off my shelf. And I'm like, yeah, I still have them all. So they're right <laughs> there. And I do read back through them. Yeah. Yeah. There's also several that I'll reread, like Marcus's story, The Negotiator. And um, I reread um, Rachel's story. Like some of them, I, yeah. I mean, they're all so good, but there's some that, and Lisa's story, you know, so I read different ones of that series pretty regularly <laughs> on repeat. Yeah. Yeah, same, so. <laughs> same. Absolutely. Amazing. They're great. Okay, we'll stop gushing right. about that. <laughs> 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 Questions about your part. book because. <laughs> oh, man, I mean, I could gush about D all day. I mean, I do love the books. I, you know, I feel like you learn so much, like, about mm -hmm. the faith through them. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, in just a natural way. And yeah, she's just, she writes so well. So I completely agree with you. We read The Negotiator um, last season on the podcast, and that's one thing that we talked about that's very typical of her, where a um, <clears throat> one character has got has found God already, and it, it's a, he's a huge part of their life, and then another character doesn't really know God, and there's a reason why, or they knew God as a child, and so that journey of discovery is very, very typical in her stories, and it's usually done so specific to that character of how they need to meet God, and I've always found that to be such a good that's component cool. of her novels. It really is. Absolutely. Like I, I read the first one and I was like, I feel like I got part of a Bible study in it in a good way. Yeah. Not like yeah. it was overdone, mm -hmm. just natural, yeah. authentic mm -hmm. to the character way. So I, yeah, I totally see what you're saying. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Amazing. I love that so much. <laughs> All righty, Morgan, um, go ahead. Book specific question. <laughs> fine. Um, it was the, uh, the unending TBR podcast that, Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, fun. Yeah. We just that, like that. popped up in my Apple podcast thing. I was like, oh, we're interviewing her tonight. I need oh, to listen to this. Oh, <laughs> <fun>. <laughs> um, okay. So book specific questions. How, oh, how do you choose? This is technically general, I guess, but yeah. how do you choose what to include and not include in your mysteries? What is, who wrote that question? Wait, what does that are mean? Are we talking about because this is a novella? That yeah, maybe that, th this was my question. Okay. <laughs> Morgan, <laughs> who wrote this question? <laughs> you explain it then. Okay, I feel like I'm not wording it right. Oh, that's okay. So basically, I was wondering because in a mystery like this, like specifically, we read The Shifting Current, um, yeah. a novella, um, uh, kind of leading into this interview. But, um, how did you decide kind of what components? Because I know that it was a short book and you had a lot of things that, that they had to uncover. So, how did you decide as a, as a writer what was that right amount of mystery spice, for lack of a better term, um, yeah. to include in kind of the ingredients of your story? Great question. Um, I, it's going to sound weird, but I kind of feel like I can feel when something feels right or when it feels off to me. Like I feel mm -hmm. like um, I kind of fall under that intuitive writer and honestly D falls in the same place. Um, I've heard her say she's, she's more methodical, but um, I, 
I will write something and it'll either feel too heavy to me or too light to me. And I'll keep playing with it. I write multiple drafts and I'll keep mm -hmm. playing with it. till It kind of feels like it has the right amount, but it is tricky to hit that. Like it, mm -hmm. it's really, it's tricky, especially like you said, in a novella, because you only have mm -hmm. so much space and it's like, okay, how much of the romance can I share where it's not going to slow down the suspense? You know what I mean? And how much mm -hmm. suspense is there going to be where there's still time for the romance? And so that is a really hard balance. I'm always trying to hit and it usually takes multiple drafts mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I can well, imagine, especially when you're so limited in a novella versus kind of a <clears throat> more full length novel. Yeah. It's, I feel like it's, it's fun because it's a shorter length and it's just a fun mm -hmm. thing to write. But in some ways it's harder because you're, you're really trying to balance everything in a shorter space. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I've heard, I've heard authors say that before that some, like some of them are like, Oh, I love writing novellas. And then others are like, I, I hate it. I hate writing novellas <laughs> everything in. Um, but one of the things I, I was looking at the back. Yeah. So this, you self, did you self publish this? Novella? I did. But the series that it's connected to is actually with a, a publisher, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. All my books what are with Bethany. There? That's kind of an interesting yeah, situation. It is. Yeah. So all my books are with Bethany House. And we had done a three book um, series for Coastal Guardians and had already contracted for a new four book series, which is going to be launching in February. Nice. Um, my Jeopardy Fall series. So I'm actually going to be revealing the title this week and the cover next week. So I'm super oh, excited. Yeah, I'm so, so we were already kind of moving in that direction. And I kept getting emails from readers over and over asking for Logan and Emmy's story. And I really, really wanted to write Logan and Emmy's story. So I kind of, kind of wove it into the last book of the series Okay. making it like a third couple and <laughs> my hope was that my editor would just fall in love with their story and my editor really <laughs> did like their story but said yes we can't do three couples in one book so he said why don't you pull it out and you can go ahead and write one do it novella length and you can indie publish it they gave me full support wow um and then it would be in between the two series so <laughs> they were super gracious and let me do it and um really supported me the whole way through it. So, um, and now we're on to the new series. So yeah, because they don't usually do individual novellas. They do the compilations. So it yes. would have taken time to find two other authors, them to write their stories, put it in the book, mm -hmm. find a slot. And by then yeah. Logan and I would have been like two years past. So yeah. 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 So I think for readers, they were, you know, you know, if readers are asking for it, go for it. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Yeah. I definitely feel like now I need to go back and read the rest of the series because I liked that book so much and I didn't realize it was part of a series. Um, so <laughs> that's a great revelation for me. <laughs> yeah, I actually haven't read any others in this series either. Yeah. And after reading, I've read some of your other series, mm -hmm. but this yeah. particular series I hadn't read. And um, so as soon as I kind of finished it and really enjoyed the story, I was like, oh man, now I need to go back and read the rest yeah. of the Guardians. Yeah. 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 But it's good to yeah. hear that you hadn't read the series because you mm -hmm. still enjoyed it as a standalone. Yeah, and that's what absolutely. I think it works as a standalone, but it also, yeah, sure. you know, they are carried through the series in a different 
different ways through each book. So, yeah. It just makes yeah. it a richer experience if you read it, but absolutely, mm -hmm. this one yeah. 100% yes. can be read as a standalone. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 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 No yeah. trouble following anything. No, it was great. Yeah. It was That's fabulous. awesome. That's yeah. good to hear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm delighted that there's more to read about these group of people. We're going to end this call in Odette's immediately going to go reading. start reading the book. We'll call us in like two, three days and be like, I read the entire series. <laughs> you know me so well. I do that all the time because I'm a fast reader where I'll get really into something and I'll just like yeah. binge read of like <laughs> inhales them in 24 hours. I'm I a do. binge reader too. So I'm with you on that Amazing. one. Yeah. Um, so here's a question that I was just curious about. So I know in this genre of mystery suspense, we talked a little bit about this kind of at the top of the um, interview, but a lot of times the characters have some sort of tragedy in their past that leads them to have a life, especially in an investigative side, to search out truth and to put themselves in harm's way. So I was very curious because when Logan finally revealed his kind of past that, that marred his kind of future and what he uh -huh. felt guilty about, it was so different than what I was thinking. And I was just kind of curious what brought the inspiration because he was so young when it happened. And I also yeah. understand something like that obviously had a huge impact on his life and even who sure. he lived with, you know, and grew up with. But I was just curious because normally it's something, you know, I mean, a lot of times it's in childhood. But anyways, I was just curious how you kind of came well, to that decision. And maybe it's in other books that I just hadn't read yet. But yeah, no, it's not in other books. That's it's something that he I mean, I don't I don't think that he ever really that was really brought up in any way in the other books. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of thinking through it in my head. Um, yeah. So um, I think it may be mentioned he lived with his grandparents mm -hmm. in one of the other books, but just not much about it. Um, honestly, I, I don't really plot out my books. I just okay. start with an idea and started writing them. Mm -hmm. But for whatever reason, that picture of what happened, like mm -hmm. of him crawling and, and going, and I, I don't want to ruin it for anybody, but that what actually happened, I just kind of saw it going through my mind and I was like, oh, wow, that would definitely cause some trauma for somebody. Oh, and, yeah. uh, 100%. And, Everyone involved. Yeah. And so it's just, it kind of just came to me and I wrote it down as, as what happened, but I do mm -hmm. agree that most, most books, um, have some trauma in the past, I think. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think a lot of people that work in law enforcement and, um, different fields like that, a lot do have that. And it's that mm -hmm. like wanting to have justice and wanting to bring yes healing and all those things mm -hmm. that go into it so I knew mm -hmm. he had something I just didn't know what yes. it was yeah 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 because I feel like it's very common in that like real life and in the fiction world that it's yes. like something happened that caused you to drive the need to give other people something that maybe you didn't get closure or answers or whatever and so I feel like or even just like solving kidnappings or whatever kind of the genre of books is so I feel like there's definitely that that component that definitely comes through you know I was just I think I was expecting it to be something about his womanizing days and so right. it ended up being about his childhood right. I was like wait what oh, I, I, it again. <laughs> Surely it's gonna I be thought like, it was gonna be like I don't know he like have a baby mama somewhere right tragedy. I don't know like, I don't know what I thought well, but I could see where you would go there I totally could I could see that and yeah I didn't like when it kind of came to me like I didn't anticipate it coming that way either like that's yeah. not where I would have thought that was going and it it the image of it just kind of came to me and I was like 
whoa okay well we're gonna just go with that so yeah um yeah. but yeah no I can see where you think in the womanizing I mean <laughs> yes. <it's>, yeah <laughs> Yeah, I'm curious to read more about Logan's past and other ones, kind of those days, maybe mm -hmm. in some other novels, yep. and then reread the novella to really get the kind of closure there. So, yeah. so fun. <laughs> Morgan's <laughs> laughing because I reread, I read books, reread books all the time. <laughs> I think it's no, no it's it's, it's literally one of the most endearing things about Odette is that periodically <laughs> go to church on Sunday and she'll be like, "Well, I just reread the Becky Wade series for." you know, the 30th time. Yes. <laughs> I, was like, it. I was like, you're the coolest person I know. I love that you do. I'm happy because I love that about her. <laughs> and I will yeah, say, I love Becky, Becky's a dear friend and Becky did help brainstorm on some of the shifting currents. So oh, cool. yeah, she helped with some of that and some of the next book that will be coming mm. out next oh. year. So oh, we box brainstorm. Yeah, oh, I she's love an amazing that. writer. We love Becky. Oh, she's incredible. Yeah. yeah, she was one of the first people who there was a couple of authors, but she was one of the first that had reached out to us when we when we first started the podcast. Oh, like really oh, encouraging us. Awesome. Yeah. And so then we had her on as like an author interview pretty early, early on as well. Yeah, and she's yeah. delightful. <laughs> she is. Oh my gosh, she's delightful. Yeah. We literally, I, we read her book. Stay with me. Right, that was the one that we read. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we literally decided that we needed to develop a section of our podcast called a spoon scale because we thought the book yes. was so swoony that we literally made something called the swoon scale. And we were just like, and now we have it in every episode, unless it's like a really kind of off story that has nothing to do with romance. We're like, feels weird to talk about swoon things in biblical yeah. fiction, for instance. You know, right. can't really say that yeah. was a swoony. Okay. Just feels a little sacrilegious, yeah. you know? So. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. That's cool. That's how that started. That's fun. Yeah. 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 So fun. Alrighty, we need to <laughs> go on to our faith-based questions. I think sure. we have one of those, and then we have some fun ones yeah. to kind of wrap up the interview. Okay, here. so how how has your own faith journey inspired your your writing and your characters? Oh, good question. So I did not become a Christian until I was in my early twenties, um, and so um, I feel like, especially with my characters that aren't Christians. Um, or the, even that are, most of them haven't been Christian since childhood. Um, a lot of them haven't, some have, but I feel like, um, becoming a Christian later in life, there's that you can look back and kind of compare the old to the new. And it's such a vast difference, you know, whereas like my kids grew, grew up in church and grew up as Christians. Mm -hmm. And, and so, um, you know, which is a beautiful thing. And I wish that for everybody, but, um, I think being able to see like the light and the dark and the big vastest difference between the two, it almost gives me a deeper, like a really deep level of appreciation. Cause I know where I was and where he brought me. And so I feel like with my characters, there might be one that's super strong and has always been a Christian, but there's usually one that has come to it a little bit later in life. And that, that really um, like Logan, for example, is one person. And, you know, I kind of try to pull from different people I knew or different things that I felt at different times um, into the characters that are, are struggling or coming to mm -hmm. their first walk with Christ, coming to the walk with Christ 
for the first time, you know, as adults. And so definitely has an impact on, on me and I think on characters I write. And I think that makes it super relatable because yes. those are, like I was saved my whole life. I think I got saved when I was three. So it's like when I hear a character who shares their faith so willingly, who's known God their whole life with someone who hasn't, and then that character's journey with God, it's great because then no matter where you met God, you can find something relatable in those kind of characters' faith journeys. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. So moving on, all of these questions have been fun, but moving on to the fun questions section of the interview. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you could have dinner with any fictional character or characters, who would they be? But you can't choose your own characters. Okay. Wow. That is so hard. Um, wow. That is really tricky. I have to stop and think through that. Oh my goodness. I would probably say, uh, I think I would probably say Marcus O'Malley for sure. Okay. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. He a great dinner companion. I definitely. I would definitely go with him. And um, man, I'm trying to think who all I would pick. I'm like going through all these authors that I love in my head. Um, and I'm drawing a blank about the character's name, but. Karen Wittemeyer's short straw bride, the archer. Um, yes, what is his name? Yes. No. What is I his name? An archer. And I'm like, I can picture the cover, I can picture the book, and I'm like trying to blank on his first name. But him, those would probably be the two I pick. Wow. Yeah, I love that book. And shout out to Karen Wittemeyer. I love that book. Oh, yeah. Madeline <laughs> is a big fan of Karen Wittemeyer. Yeah. Awesome. Well, and her latest just came out today, actually. The Fairest of Heart just released today. Today? What? Today on June 6th. Yes. <laughs> That's today on June 6th, Karen's latest just released. So That's it's fabulous. sitting on my desk and I'm like, okay, guess what I get to read right now? Because I'm in ideal <laughs> planning phase and not deadline phase. So yeah. I binge read in between that. So That's, nice. That's, That's, That's smart. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's so smart. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I love that. <clears throat> All right. Okay. Uh, Madeline, do you want to ask the next question? Yes. Danny. Yes. Who is your current or top celebrity crush? Ooh, top celebrity crush. Okay. Hmm. Let me think. Hmm. I'm trying to think through different people. I I know this person is older, but this person is always like Aragorn to me. So Viggo Mortensen just has always been, but particularly in that movie, and we watch that movie every year. So in my head, he's still he's Aragorn. Still in <laughs> Aragorn. So yes, he, he's definitely one, one of my celebrity crushes. And yeah. um, and then there's, I'm, I know there's one other one because my daughter and I will even talk about it. Um, my younger daughter and I will say, um, <laughs> well, and I have to say, I when he was younger, I, I wasn't really, didn't think I had the biggest crush on this actor. But now I think as he's a little older, he's gotten more handsome. You know how that happens sometimes. Mm -hmm. But I think Tom Cruise and Maverick was quite attractive. So wow. we watched that movie yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. He's, he's aged well. Yeah. He's, yes. he's, wow. He just looks good on him. Yes. 
Yeah, yes. it does. Yeah. And we've Absolutely. noticed that we're like a lot of guys like look better as they get older. Like Brad Pitt, mm-hmm. I think, got better looking mm-hmm. as he got older. And George Clooney. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, I'm like, okay, this isn't fair. All the guys are getting better looking as they get older. I don't understand what it is, but like yeah. most of them, it just like as they get older, it's like, yeah. How are you more yeah. handsome now? Like, it's I don't a- understand. I know. Why? I know. It doesn't seem fair, but it does seem to happen. So. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So, kind of on the same subject, do you have a fave rom com that you watch regularly or rewatch? I do. Um, it's an older one, but my favorite is French Kiss. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that. Yes, that's my favorite. <laughs> really, Madeline has. I haven't, but Madeline has. That's my favorite. I love that. We throw that on. Uh, I don't even know how often we throw that on. We really like that one. And then a newer one. There's a couple newer ones in between. Leap Year is a favorite of mine with Amy Adams. And mm-hmm. the newest one is more comedy, but Lost City with Sandra Bullock. I don't know if you guys yes! have seen that. that oh my gosh. gosh. Yes. I watched that repeatedly. I'll like even like if I have to be doing something, but I want something on, that's what's on in the background. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That movie yeah. cracks me up. The, well, the and the fact that was just oh my gosh it was wasn't it it was delightful (laughs) i spent half the movie being like how the heck did she wear that pink sequin outfit for the majority of the movie like because here's the thing i know that she like i know she wasn't actually like in a jungle surviving like in real life but like the the fact that she had like for 90 percent of that movie had that absurd outfit on i was just like how did you do that like in the jungle (laughs) i know Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. No, the scene where they're in like the wheelbarrow yes. and like Channing Tatum's knees are going up high and Brad Pitt does oh. the hair flip. Oh that like kills God. me every time. I'm like, wait, that's oh this part. Okay. Oh my God. Her <laughs> running in heels was reminiscent of me to the when the new Jurassic Park films came out and the very first one. And literally, I forget the female character, the lead female character's oh, yeah. name, and she's literally outrunning yeah. a T Rex in heels. Yeah. And I was like, first of all, a human outrunning a T Rex is absurd. Second of yeah. all, wearing heels? Like, yeah. I don't love- <laughs> And everyone <laughs> talked about that. So people were like, how? How? Also, why yeah. do you work at a, I mean, a dinosaur park and why are you wearing heels? Like, heels, I wear exactly. combat boots. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> something <laughs> trainers. I don't know something. Something like, better. Cover yes. shoes. I, I don't know agree. something that would. <laughs> I know. And they were faster than dinosaurs. Like, they were pretty high. They yeah, I know. Really high. Yeah. How is she running period in those heels? I, I can't know. Because yeah. yeah. also, life. I doubt they green screen those heels in. I bet she is an actor oh, yeah. running in them. I bet street. you. Yeah. Did you see the half yeah, out of them? For sure. You see what? Her calves. Come, oh yeah, she, yeah. she did have pretty killer calves. Yeah, so that means did. that she's used to wearing those kind of shoes all the time. That's true. Ah, that's a good point. Maybe that needs to be my new workout plan. Pretend that a dinosaur is chasing me and wear heels and go for a run. There you go. You get some weird looks from random people in the street, but it probably keeps right? you motivated. I know. Something to talk well, about, you know. Did you see that lady? everybody would notice you if you're running in heels so the likelihood that you would ever go missing is very slim because they're like did you see someone was she running in heels yes we saw her her. (laughs) of course we did (laughs) 
<laughs> we see her every morning. We don't know why she wears heels. <laughs> I love it. Wow. Oh, so fun. Um, so Danny, before we kind of wind things down entirely, would we'd love for you to tell people where they can find you and where they can find your newest novella and all that kind of stuff. Cause sure. we'd love for people to our listeners to join in the fun and merriment and read some of your books. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, my website is just my name, dannypetri.com and you can find all my books and the links to everywhere they are, but the shifting currents available through Barnes and Noble, Amazon. Um, it's in some bookstores and Apple books and kind of pretty much everywhere online. Um, I'm also on Facebook and Instagram. I've been spending a lot more time on Instagram. I'm, I'm really enjoying it over there. So um, enjoying the bookstagram and reader yes. community that's over there is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Lots of bookstagram community. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And once you start getting that, the algorithm does it for you, where all of a sudden that's the, the world that you're immersed in. And yes, I work in marketing as my daytime job. And I'm always like, you. the algorithm, though, does what I want. <laughs> that's what I yeah. want it to do. I want it to give me relevant things. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I actually true. care about. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's I mean, amazing because there's so many people, but that community is so tight knit in a good mm -hmm. way. You know, it's just fellow book lovers. So it's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fabulous. Thank you so much. Yes, this was oh delightful. It was so fun chatting with you. Yes. Thank you for um, the books and for yeah. the reaching out to us. And we're just so delighted to have you on the podcast. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Amazing. So fun. I'm going to be thinking about running in heels now. That's like it. <laughs> I feel like maybe some occasion you put a character. You could put a character, a female yes. character running in heels. And, and the internal dialogue of someone being like, why is she wearing heels? You know, running and she's like, heels. Yeah. 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 That'll work in my book. My editor will be like, what happened to your <laughs> I had to do it. <laughs> just, just one time. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, well, thank well, thank you so you much, Danny. Have a great night. Yes, we, it was great. so great meeting you. Nice to meet you too. Take care. Bye. Bye. All right. Well, that was so much fun. Oh my God. Was, she is such amazing. a delightful author. Listen, I, that was so fun. It was amazing. That I love so it when fun. you can literally talk to somebody that you have never met a day in your life mm -hmm. and you mm -hmm. just instantly have all these things in common because you're readers. Yeah. Books. Like, it's just like, that's you, like the beautiful thing about like, the book community. You, you, they're oh my God. somehow you can connect with them. I yes. love it. I love that. Oh, yes. I love how okay. I love connecting with authors. It's so fun. Mm -hmm. Love that we get to do this. Yeah. It's so fun too, because I think that regardless of, oh, sorry, um, I just saw a big bug on my wall. Um, I'll deal with that later. Um, but I think it's really fun about, because even if you're not someone who likes the same books, like you can always find something in common with a fellow reader or oh, with exactly. an author who's also a fellow reader, because usually the two kind of go hand in hand. Often. Um, yes. So yeah, often. Um, I've never we've talked to a lot of authors who, yeah. yeah. Uh, I've... Mm. I've like, have you ever I've met an author who wasn't a reader? I've or not like all? met one, but like, I, I imagine mean, they're the minority. Yes. But there's, yeah. there's a couple who are just like, oh, I just like to write and I write so much that I don't really have time to read oh, or okay. I write sense. so much that, and I don't want to read while I'm writing because it'll get in my head or blah, yeah. blah, blah. Yeah. But that is the minority. Yeah. Not, not, not very yeah. many. Yeah. Amazing. All right. So one thing that we're not going to skip out on is star ratings. Cause we know that you want to know. What do we think of this book? Yes. And <laughs> how, 
we want to tell <laughs> our you. thoughts and feelings. Yeah, we are going to tell you. Uh, who wants to go first for star ratings this time around? Oh my goodness. I can go first. Okay. okay, go for it. Um, I rated this book, The Shifting Current, three and a half stars. I feel like it was a solid book. It was a novella, but it was like a solid novella. The story felt full and, um, and it was kind of, it was what I expected from a book like this in a good way. Like I went in, it met my expectations. It was fun. It was, there were some like intense moments. The romance was good. Um, yeah, three and a half, like solid entry and i've never read this is a chat it's kind of a tag on we talked about this a little in the interview but a tag on to another series Mm -hmm. um you Mm -hmm. can read this as a standalone i've never read the other series made me curious about the other series Mm -hmm. um so yeah i think three and a half thought it was good alan what about you well i also gave this book three and a half stars (laughs) this was sisters (laughs) um i i really enjoyed this i don't read a lot of novellas so i'm just not accustomed i guess to the format of a novella yeah um but i actually really enjoyed this it felt almost as though you were watching like a like an episode of something yeah Mm -hmm. like an hour-long episode of like a crime Mm -hmm. show or something yeah yeah um so the pace was was you know versus like a a film you know yes so the pace was Mm -hmm. like it's obviously faster and there's there's more packed into a smaller um page number but i really enjoyed it i thought that she had like that perfect balance of um of suspense of detail of even the romance i wasn't like a huge fan of the romance just because i don't i'm realizing by myself I don't love the friends to lovers trope but um I thought that the amount compared to suspense I thought it was a good ratio yeah. and it worked really well um I thought her writing style was fun like the car chase scene was awesome to read yeah um the final like kind of stakeout scene where they're catching the killer was really exciting and fun to read but she's I think she's a great writer mm-hmm. um so yeah it was solid a solid book for me three and a half stars so I'm going to read this book. So I was torn between two numbers, but I'm going to go with 3.75. So I really like this book. Thought it was really great. I also feel like this time, because I think last season I read a novella for the first time or first time in a long time. I feel like we read a couple of novellas last season and my expectations were more, what'd you say? Cassidy's Charm. Cassidy's Charm was in a novella. It was just a short book. Well, uh, what novella did we read? Oh, read, the- what's the difference? Was that a novella? No, those were just category romances. Yeah. They're just shorter. Then that's no, we read novella. Um, novella? We, we read the uh, oh, King for read Christmas. A King for Christmas. That's the one that Madeline didn't read because she was very, very, very pregnant and not didn't have capacity to do one more thing. <laughs> um. Anyway, so three point seven five. Regardless of the shortened book version, or was technically considered a novella or not. I was not accustomed to reading any shortened form of store of of books versus like, you know, in high school or college, you read like a short story, you know? So anyways, I went into this book with a much more under uh, deeper understanding of what to expect from a novella as far as pacing, because it, that that is to play. This book, you literally dive right in, 
And I did really enjoy the mystery. I thought it unfolded really well. It was a good balance of suspenseful, but not too suspenseful that you were like, can't read this at night. Um, Cause there are some times where like you, you're, you know, the pursuit of the killer get, gets a little bit dark. Um, I liked the romance and I realized that I have a soft spot <laughs> for friends to lovers. Um, so I, I enjoyed that. Um, and I also realized that I <laughs> have spent my life probably believing that that would be my story. I mean, not still single. So who knows? It could be, but also <laughs> most times it's years of friendship or something. So anyways, I like to say, I really enjoyed this book. I thought it was great. I mentioned this on the interview that you just heard, um, but I will definitely be reading the rest of the series um, because I was so intrigued and I would be curious because I do wonder since this is the conclusion, as Danny mentioned, of the Emmy Logan story that readers begged for. I'm wondering if some of the things like, would you feel differently had you read all the other books and it was like the result right. of years of <clears throat> not being together, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah. Um, anyways, I really liked it. I thought it was really, really great. Um, yeah, really good, really good um, dynamic to the, the the character development too, even if you hadn't read the other books. So yeah, would recommend, would recommend. Good. All righty. So. Here we go. I'm gonna get, we will still have sound effects to the, today though. So oh, I should take out my headphones. Hold on one second. <laughs> I realized I should have done that earlier, sorry. Okay, have this ready here, queued up. Important, I actually don't have it queued up. <laughs> well, we can cut this here. All right, so here we go. We are going to attempt a very truncated version of the summary, summary. which it's a novella, so hopefully we're setting ourselves up for success here. I oh, good one. Okay, go, 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 okay, go, let's do so this it, thing. It opens and you meet Logan immediately, and he's immediately annoyed because his partner at the Coast Guard um, Special uh, Services, in, in, Investigative Services, is not on shift because she's gone on a date. And he's like, what the heck? I'm in love with this woman. Why is she going on a on date? And he's like, he's very saucy. Oh, very. He's very saucy. And then she shows up from a some kind of military ball with a guy that he's like, I roll this guy, which I'm wondering if like some of that would be in the other books as to why he was so eye Yes, because that felt like a very like random, almost like a throw in. Yes. In the middle of that so they come back he gets a phone call from his hometown like sheriff and he's like hey he's like hey man i do not have time to catch up like what are you talking about he's like i'm actually not just calling for personal um your grandfather colt has has been murdered and immediately he springs into action and everybody around him is basically like his boss is like we'll get ticket like somebody order order tickets and you can go with him so basically it's like the two of them just kind of go him him and emmy just like he, so in in the first chapter they're literally on the plane to new, new mexico um to his, his hometown to help right. solve the murder of his grandfather they get there they're met by the um sheriff of of the town what is it called cauldron creek cauldron creek cauldron creek i was gonna say cauldron Canyon. Um, I would have been close. Double C's. Um, so they. They're met by the sheriff, and yeah. it's a time friend of his, somebody who also kind of grew up with Logan. Um, mm -hmm. Logan being mm -hmm. this main 
we're talking about. And then Logan and Emmy are these two characters. Yes. Um, so they're met by the main, the, the main, the sheriff, his name is Tom. They grew up together. Tom and Logan grew up together. So Tom was very close to Logan's grandfather as well. So immediately they have to drive like an hour, hour and a half to get to this little town. Um, so he's kind of like briefing them um, about the information that he has so far on the case, which is not much. They just kind of have the main, they've done the crime, been, the crime scene has been like not cleared yet because they're waiting for him to get there and like make sure nothing else is missing, but, missing, but it's looking like a robbery gone wrong yes. at this point. Yes. Um, is what they're saying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also we should mention within the first like two or three chapters, even before they get to the house, you get um, something from, from Emmy's perspective and you immediately discover that Emmy is also in love with Logan, right. but neither of them have shared it. And she also is like intrigued because Tom mentions things about even how Logan sketches. And she's like, wait, you sketched before you, we start working together. So there, there's clearly this thing where there's like unrequited love. That's the right word, right? Unrequited yes. love. Yeah. Um, immediately yeah. known to you as the reader on both their sides, like within the first two to three chapters. Um, yeah. So in the middle of this, this kind of crime scene, you're hearing Emmy in the backseat listening to Tom and Logan. And she's like, oh, my God, I didn't know you did that. I didn't know you did this. Um, and so they show up to his grandfather's house. And his grandfather clearly is like a ranch or some sort of situation with, with animals and land and stuff. And um, uh, before they go into the house, they basically go meet horses, his horses. <laughs> One's name is Bathtub, which I found very funny. <laughs> yeah, that was random. But. <laughs> Bartholomew, it was like Bartholomew, Bathtub, and and she and it's when you're listening to Emmy's perspective, just kind of like, what are these names? Um, <laughs> what are these names? Um, and um, before that, though, one of the as we mentioned, hopping around a little bit here because. The first couple chapters kind of meld together in my mind because there's so much that happens. They're, they're really action-packed. Um, so one of the reasons why they know that it was, or that they can they think it's a robbery is because Colt's gun, that's a 1873 Colt 45 Peacemaker originally owned by Colt's great-great-granddaddy, U.S. Marshal Brady Tucker, is missing. And so they're like, this is a very valuable gun. And so obviously part of it is they want Logan to come into the house and see what else could be missing. But like, they know that because Logan's like, well, did they find the gun? And, and he's like, no, they didn't. So it's, it's clearly well known that it's like, everyone kind of knew he, he had this weapon that was very um, uh, antique and important yeah. to him in lots of ways. So then they are going through the house um, they're, and looking at the crime scene, he's, he's getting a feel for what happened. Mm -hmm. um, it's pretty like, some of it's a little bit like I was like, ew, it's a little bit gritty, and I, but I'm kind of sensitive to those kind of things. Yeah. Um, but then also, we should say, intermixed with these first ch chapters, is you do get the, um, the, um, the girls. Killer. Oh, yes, the killer's perspective. Well, you get two people's perspectives mm -hmm. this woman named Mary and this man named Jeff. Um, when they're at the crime scene, when Logan and Emmy are at the crime scene, they do kind of come up with this idea because they find this random like half of the footprint and it's like a pretty mm -hmm. would be way Large too much for a woman which is who they were yeah. hunting to begin with but they're like was there a second person at the crime scene so they're already kind of thinking there was two people but then you get these two different perspectives and they're working together a woman named mary a guy named jeff and the woman is um 
a drifter. And that's why they, because they, they, they bring her up as a subject, Tom does, when he's briefing them on the way to, the, to their his grandfather's house, because he's basically like, hey, so the only suspect we have who's been new in Colt's life is this drifter who stayed at the bunkhouse, because Colt was very, like, he seemed like he was a very, like, forward serving kind of person who would just let someone come stay if they were down on their luck. So uh, Logan didn't seem surprised by that fact, but the fact that then this woman disappeared and Colt's truck is missing, um, they're, they're like, Oh, she, that's why they think she's a suspect to begin with. And then we kind of get a snapshot from her kind of pretty quickly too. She seems like she's not really, uh, uh, she's definitely not, you get the idea. She's definitely not a cold blooded killer. She's mm -hmm. more like into the drugs and just kind of got mess mixed up in the wrong crowd kind of thing. But then this yes. guy, Jeff, yeah. that you start hearing his perspective, he's working for somebody who is kind of unnamed at the beginning, but then you learn his name is Keller, but that's not really his name. And he's like kind of calling the shots, but Jeff's kind of his pawn using him to like just shoot people and, and basically. Do, you know, basically his, he's his, he's his, um, his, um, his go man, his runner. He's yeah. just doing all his yeah. dirty work. Um, so these two are connected um, and you get snippets of their perspective. They're on the run and they know that they're, that Logan and Emmy are following your leads because Jeff's kind of staying back at the ranch at Colt's ranch and kind of spying on them and watching them and being real creepy. Um, and he's basically yeah. like, who are these people? They clearly seem like they're looking beyond just being a quote family member, you know, coming to the house. Right, um, exactly. And one of the things is early on. So it's page 56, basically, um, Logan and Emmy identified because of the, the partial footprint that Madeline identified. They were either like, it's a woman with abnormally large feet, which feels like a big stretch, or they were like, it, given the fact that no one mentioned that about Mary, because if you, because what one guy around town had, had seen her. Um, so basically Logan's like, there's three options here. And this is the way him and Emmy work. One, Colt interrupted the woman robbing him and she shot him Two, She came to rob him and shot him first to get him out of the way. Or three, she came to kill him, and the robbery was either a secondary action or a cover-up. And so basically, they're like, this feels like more than just a robbery, is what they're determining as they're walking around um, the, the house. Right. Um, so then you... What's the next thing that happens? Um, so then... Uh, well, well, Logan and Emmy have their moment where they both embrace kiss each other realize there are mutual feelings there um that because kind of it's a novella everything happens really really fast oh, yeah, yeah. it's like boom, 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 boom. so basically tom leaves them at the house and then basically they confess feelings for each other and they kiss and then basically tom shows up and he's like guess what the gun showed up at a local pawn shop called sammy's treasures i think or something or samuel's treasures so then they um, go after that lead um, hoping that um, well no at this point they have a picture of the woman because uh, Logan, Logan is a sketch artist the, the one, and so he met with the guy Denton Denton yeah he's a sheriff he was the only guy who saw Mary and, this woman. and clearly him and Logan have a pass because it, Logan was not happy that he's working for the sheriff's department and Which Tom I was like you'll listen he's grown up because it like mentioned it and then it never mentioned it again. I actually yeah. kept expecting Denton to be the killer. I was like, well, oh. no, Denton's gonna be the killer because he didn't like him. And then it never mentioned it again. I was like, oh, he must be <laughs> in a different book then. 
It seemed like it was more childhood rivals than anything. Well, you know so, how, like, sometimes you, like, oh, in totally. mysteries, you get little, like, clues. So I was like, oh, is Denton going to be the killer? Because he immediately distrusts him, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Oh, totally. So then, basically, and also I thought it funny how many times Tom interrupted their kissing sessions in this book. <laughs> it's like every time. Oh, it would be like, the phone ringing. Hi, Tom. <laughs> or you okay. show up and knock on the door. <laughs> So the next thing is they kind of, they're following some random leads, but the next thing is, uh, the big thing is that when Logan is walking through the house and then walking through the outbuildings, he keeps finding these like coded messages and Colt used to leave him coded messages, him and Tom Mm -hmm. both coded messages Mm -hmm. throughout the house that the boys would have to like crack and that would lead them to somewhere. And it was like a fun game that they played with, um, that he mm-hmm. played with his grandfather but he found several of these but he noticed like the handwriting was very shaky and like indicative that he had written them recently like in his yeah. old age and so he was like why would he keep putting coded messages around here like this he used to do this when we were kids he doesn't really do this anymore so then he's like decides you know what i'm going to gather up all these coded messages and he and emmy decide like maybe these he was putting them here for a reason yeah so yeah. he tries to like decode them basically basically they're like phone numbers one of them is to like albuquerque general hospital one of them one of them is to like a medicare office Mm -hmm. um and then like dates or uh they think they're dates or whatever basically they're like i don't know 631 isn't a date so they were like oh right this really has to be something else yeah in the meantime yeah so like like, right before yeah, absolutely. So right before that happens, they are on their way to the pawn shop that it uh, has his gun and they're able to see footage. It's very grainy of a man coming in early in the morning to sell the gun. So they know now absolutely that there was a man involved is a second with this person. drifter. Yeah. And on the way there, Logan's convinced that they're being followed. Jeff's actually following okay. them to figure out where they're going. But he diverts and then logan's like no i'm just crazy but like you can tell logan's like something's going on you know him and emmy their spidey senses are like freaking out um (laughs) so back to the decoded messages so basically um emmy calls the medicare number because she's like what if this is an extension but she calls the medicare number and this woman answers and basically remembers colt and is basically like yeah so he called um he called uh three weeks ago and then recently and he thinks someone was committing um medicare fraud um Mm -hmm. from his with his dad's his dead wife's like medical information basically and she had passed away years ago um it was like a prosthetic leg a wheelchair and i think some sort of um other medical equipment i can't remember what the third thing was but basically this woman's like hey i actually have a lot of information this is what and she gives them the name of the doctors who i think it's her who gives them the name of the doctors who um are uh excuse me uh involved with the like writing the prescriptions and stuff and she's basically like hey this is kind of a lucrative thing because um you know a prosthetic leg can go for like 60 grand you know so she's basically like i wouldn't be surprised she goes also it's pretty hard to prove this and it takes a lot of time and she was like 
I'm glad someone else is looking into this because it feels really shady. So, and then she's like, I got to go. I have a staff meeting. And so then she kind of goes on her way. Um, but she, she gives so much information. But um, she tells to, them too, like, oh, this is the doctor, yes, the orphan mm-hmm. doctor that approved yes. this. And it's a guy named Kenneth Singh. And so they trace yeah. this guy and, um, or like, wait, no, Kenneth Singh and then Mark something, Mark something. So they're Marcus, like, Marcus Keller is the other one. That's right. Mark Keller. And so Logan's tracing Mark Keller. And he's like, that's funny. I can't find anything after like two years ago for this guy. Like he just showed Mm -hmm. up randomly two years ago. And Kenneth Singh has passed away. So they're like, this is clearly fraudulent. So this is Medicare fraud. 100%. Yeah. Um, We just have to prove that it's connected to Colt's murder. Yeah. Um, Um, In the, in the meantime, pause on the murder mystery for one second. Um, So Logan decides that he needs to tell Emmy because they're like full on couple now. They're like, hey, we like each other. We're going to be a couple. Basically, he's like, I need to tell her about this tragic thing in my past. And the thing that he tells her is basically that when he was five years old, he his mother was pregnant with his brother and he went in front of a cabinet and tried to pull something and ended up the cabinet was falling on him and his mother stepped in. And then because of that, she ended up losing the baby and his father blamed him. So he ended up living with Colt and basically being raised by his, his, his grandparents because his father ne- never forgave him even though his mother did. And Emmy's response is very much like, hey, you couldn't, like you were a, a, a kid and she's very like benevolent and very, she's non-judgmental. And he's like shell-shocked because to him, it was this dark secret that he was like, no one's going to love me, you know, for this. And no one's yeah. going to accept this terrible thing that I've done, you know, kind of thing. Um, and it obviously was an ill intention. He was a kid. And it, it clearly is the thing that has gone with him as a mark for, you know, kind of, his life and and how he defines himself and how he sees the world seeing him, you know? Um, So, but they just get deeper um, in their relationship because of it. Like it doesn't ruin anything. And, um, but Logan also like, was like, I can't date her without telling her this thing. Um, So that's kind of a caveat. Um, And also Tom just keeps interrupting. They'll be like hanging out and then they'll start kissing (laughs) and then Tom will call or something. I just found that very funny. Um, So then uh, basically, once they find out the Medicare stuff, uh, I feel like the next thing that happens is they're going on a horseback ride because Logan's like, well, since we're here, we should go on a horseback ride at, in the moonlight together. So they go on a horseback ride in the night and Jeff is there and takes shots at them. And Emmy, yes. I think she falls with the horse because the horse gets scared and she ends up getting a concussion. Um, but um, Logan tries to get Jeff. He obviously doesn't and Jeff kind of gets away but you know no one was injured injured you know no one was shot or anything but clearly Jeff is like now they know someone's after them because they're on to something um so and it probably validates Logan's feelings around thinking that they were being tailed earlier so the next thing that happens is you get this other snippet from Jeff and Mary and they're like staying in this like seedy hotel room, like just trying to not be seen. Mm-hmm. She was supposed to go to Mexico. Keller like had planned for her to go to Mexico because they're all working together, Keller and Jeff and Mary. But she like didn't want to go to Mexico. And for some reason, Jeff was kind of like harboring her and he didn't really know why. Probably because he doesn't like Jeff or doesn't <laughs> like Keller. Um, yeah. So then he decides like, I'm just going to stop in this convenience store and get something to eat. He goes into this convenience store oh and tells her to stay in the car. And she's like, yeah. the car. and she's like, okay. And then she decides to get out. Cause her picture is plastered all over the news at this point. Yes, exactly. 
you know, the shopkeeper, the guy, the cash register guy, whatever you want to call him, recognizes her from his, from her picture. And then Jeff just immediately shoots him, which this is the pivotal thing because this is like what gives them away. Like this is what Mm -hmm. is enables like Logan and Tom to actually like an Emmy to actually like catch them. Mm -hmm. So he like shoots the the shop owner. He doesn't kill him. He just shoots him. Yeah. He doesn't kill him. Yeah. And then he runs off, drives away. Basically, it's all like it all like comes to a head here, and there's like this epic car chase that happens. And um, Tom, because this guy he wasn't dead, he calls the county sheriff. And he's of like, course. I got and this he's like, girl. Hey, listen, I just saw. Yeah, so please help yeah. me. I'm bleeding. Yeah, <laughs> um, and, and it's before he blacks out. So then Mary and Jeff basically split off because Jeff like takes off. Mary takes off. And she basically goes to a local truck stop and basically bums a ride off of a trucker. So the, right. the car chase is literally Logan and Emmy chasing down yes. a semi truck based on like yeah. what, so good. Yeah, based really on good in the rain. Yeah. It was crazy. And they basically like force the truck to stop and then they basically yeah, get crazy. Out of here. That was so a good they scene. capture Mary. Yeah. So they capture Mary. Um and then they take her to the police station, they're questioning her. And then pretty soon after they're able to capture Jeff. They bring um, him in. Yeah. Yep. And Mary is not really telling them anything. And she's very much like. Well, she's kind scared. Of, she's like, sure. he's yeah, going to get scared. me. Like, he's going to yeah. get me. She's yeah. terrified yeah. of capture. But then when she sees the fact that uh, Jeff is also captured, then she like, because they see each other and they're like screaming at each other. Because he, because he's kind of like, <laughs> no, like, I don't really know this woman, you know. And she's like, you know, he's not my boyfriend, you know, kind of thing. Um. And so then basically Mary tells them that, which is like kind of one of the clues, the last clue that Logan found is a, it was like longitude and latitude of a location in Aspen Lake, I think. Um, Yeah. And so basically, but he wasn't sure what that meant because it wasn't like, it was, I think it just led to Aspen Lake. I don't think it was like a specific, like this house. He just like kind of knew that. But basically Mary says, hey, so what this is actually is, uh, she, he's like, where would Keller go? You know, they're Logan Aspen. She's like, well, he probably would go to um, this lake house in Aspen Lake. So um, they go up there um, to lake house, hide, hide out. And then Keller shows up um, and there's basically a showdown. Um, and um, yeah. yeah, Logan shoots out the tires, you know, and then, you know, basically... They take him down and arrest him. Um, and turns out Jeff was the one who shot um, Colt, Logan's grandfather. Yes. Because yeah. Keller was basically like, we have no witnesses. And uh, Colt was getting too close to the truth. The fact that Keller and Jeff and Mary were running a scam for Medicare and basically creating false claims and then selling the products and creating lucrative money, I guess. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, it was very lucrative. Um and Mary was there because uh, Jeff made her, or sorry, Keller made her go to um, uh, Sam or Colt's Ranch. I don't know why I said the name Sam. Keller made her go to Colt's Ranch to keep an eye on him because he was getting too close to the truth. And then romance ending. Um, basically, then um, Logan proposes to Emmy. She says yes after the funeral. And then the next chapter is the epilogue, and that is literally the ending of the book, um, where um, you find out that Keller was basically found guilty of all these charges, 
and so he's going to be away in jail forever and then emmy tells logan because they're married now that she's pregnant and will have a baby in seven months Yay. and they're living in arizona they decided they're they quit their jobs as um i don't know if they quit their jobs as, as investigators or they just don't work for the coast guard um investigative service anymore um and they're staying in arizona on uh arizona. yeah um, in uh, Colt's family uh, farm, because or ranch, because he said it felt felt like home. And, and that, that was, uh, is a current. very truncated version of yes. the shifting current. Read it for yourself. It was very good. It was good. Action packed. Was fabulous. Oh, yeah. It was great. Yeah. I, lo- I loved the pacing of it. It was great. Fast paced, fun to yeah. read. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, That's right. The swoon scale. No. Our swoon scale, for our listeners who do not know, is the way that we rate the swooniness of a story, characters, or the love interests, romance of um, people in the book based on our swoon scale that we decided a long time ago is Colin Forth in a wet shirt from the 1995 Pride Just Classic, uh, where he emerges out of the lake with a um, uh, wet shirt on and was missed there. <laughs> um, I should have more brother that scene because he listens to our podcast and he didn't. No, he was very confused. He was very confused and said, I don't understand. And I was like, "Ah." (laughs) You you said you showed your brother the scene? Yeah. Did he understand after he watched the scene? No. He He was still kind of like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't. And I was like, okay, but like, do you do you understand? I was like, a lot of you had you had had anything in time period. It was very scandalous and cool to see a man in in wet clothes when like and she was like, and he wasn't wearing a cravat. Or yes. a jacket. Or he was yes. literally oh, yes. It was basically like seeing a man in his underwear, and he was yes, so cute. Yeah. yeah, like she was like, like, and she lit. just looks at him with this, this look. Maybe what what post? I was thinking. She just viewed his house. She's like, I, because she even says she goes, of all this, I might have been mistress. Yes. She's <laughs> kicking herself, and then yes. this fine man walks up at the pond, soaking wet. She can see the outlines of his pectorals. She's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> be swoony. Be swoony. The ultimate swoon. Okay, so today's swoon skill category is uh, mystery movies. That Let's go correct. first. Yeah. Morgan, do you want to go first? Sure. Um, I chose the movie no one is gonna know what this movie is except for Matt. i know what it is. well i know but like no one else will have ever seen this movie so i it's true you're right you're right um i didn't think this book was overly swoony part of that is the novella format you don't get a ton of time that's the the trick um when writing a novella is you don't have a ton of time to develop any aspect of the story Right. So they didn't, the romance didn't have a ton of time to develop. The mystery all happened really fast. Like everything is just in a smaller um, space of time. So it just is what it is. So I didn't think the romance was overly swoony. Um, and if we're being honest, there were a couple of parts that I thought were a little bit like silly. Like they kind of made me laugh instead of like some of the romance scenes. I was kind of like, <laughs> Okay, that's silly. Like, you know what I mean? Maybe some of the dialogue, some of the way they were interacting, like whatever. Again, that's probably me as everybody who's listening to this podcast knows I'm going through this weird romance moment where nothing that I'm reading that is romance is clicking with me. I don't know what's going on. (laughs) 
Nothing. You thought the thistle was swoony though, so maybe it's a genre type stitch. No, maybe. She didn't no, I didn't think the rose and the thistle was swoony. Remember? I she thought we talked about. I thought no, I thought you said that it was one of the swoonier books that we've read this this season, in your opinion. Right, but I didn't think it was swoony. Not really. I thought the Marquesa was pretty swoony. Yeah, there you go. That's, that's at least one book. Yeah. That's the only one, basically, as far as you. But that being said, um, my movie that I picked is called My Favorite Brunette. Um, it's 1947, Bob Hope, Dorothy L'Amour film. Um, and it is about, the film is about a man who is a baby photographer who, <laughs> I actually just watched some of this last night because I knew I wanted it to be my spoon still, but I hadn't seen it in so long. And he is his office for baby photography is across the street from a private detective. So he's like over at the private detective's office for some random reason. And somebody comes to him with a case. It's Dorothy Lamore. And she comes to him with this case. And so he gets mistaken for this private detective, but he's, he's not a detective at all. And so he get he's kind of bumbling and gets involved in all these hilarious situations. But the whole time he's like hardcore into Dorothy Lamore. And he just <laughs> is like, you know, there's this one line where she goes, I can't talk anymore now. Here, I'm going to write down this address. And she writes it and she slips in a piece of paper. She goes, just meet me here later. And he looks at her and he goes, will five minutes be too late? Like, he's just like <laughs> obsessed with Dorothy Lamore. And so that just kind of that like silly, but definitely like over the top elements of romance I felt like were kind of compatible but still fun, like enjoyable fun, yeah. fun um entertaining all of the things so that was my smooth spell. that's why I chose it okay I love that that was so fun also I feel like I want to watch that movie now it's a great um movie. okay so for free. you can watch it fabulous what'd you say it's on YouTube for free oh nice is it in shots or like the whole thing huh no, Is it's it the in whole chunks thing. or the whole thing? Okay. It has ads, but it's yeah. the whole thing. It's like an hour and 47 minutes or something. But yeah, it's the whole nice. thing. So it's very precise. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll oh, check I it out. Last night. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, okay. So, Mal, do you want me to go next? Sure. Okay. So, mine was um, Death on the Nile. So, I really liked um, the. I get, I'm, an Agatha Christie fan obviously enjoy the movie renditions of these but one of the things is I wanted more of the romance between the main characters that Gail Gadot and I forget the name of the um, guy who played her husband in the movie but I felt like because it was a novella there was definitely enough but like I wanted more of the Emmy and Logan story. So I, I would have liked this book even better if it was, I understand why it was a novella, if it was longer, because I feel like the complexity to their relationship, because the friends to lovers dynamic is definitely something that is complex in its own way. And it's, it also always doesn't work out. And I do think that that's something in movies in general, not just in Christian fiction and stories in general um, and rom-coms, that, that's a very normal trope that it's like, hey, you both have feelings, but like, it does work out, you know? <laughs> I know people, like lovely ladies on this podcast who knew someone that they ended up married to, but then there's been instances in my life or close friends life who it has not worked out. So I do think that kind of tension point of like our belief that like, oh my God, that could be something that 
we could, do you know what I'm saying? Like that could be me. Um, doesn't always happen, but I, I truly did like the romance. And there are some moments I thought were a little cheesy, but I also feel like the reason why they were cheesy is because it was so condensed. They had it been spread oh, out. Yeah. Each romance scene wouldn't have had to have been so much, so impactful that mm-hmm. sometimes the cheesy component felt turned up a notch, probably more towards that kind of genre like being a novella versus um, not, but I, and the movie, there's things about Death in the Nile that I'm like, that was a wild movie. And like, there's, I don't think, <laughs> there was also twists and turns. And I do think that when I was reading this book, um, you knew pretty early on that Keller was involved. Cause like, you know, they, the uh, Jeff talks about it, but there was some twists and turns to things um, in ways that, that I didn't really expect. And I did not expect to be Medicare related at all in the beginning. So that was yeah. interesting. Like, twist and even like Logan's past so, so there definitely was some components that felt very much like a the pace like the pace of a good mystery novel um that yeah. that that's sucked you in but like definitely now I wanted more of the main characters kind of couple because obviously I don't think the the couples were compatible as like anything other than it was a good mystery and I wanted more romance because yeah. I wanted it to be a little bit longer so that sure. was my excellent skill love and kind of agree, mostly. Mine is a funny one. Um, my swoon scale is from a series of unfortunate events. If you know, you know. <laughs> Not the uh, Netflix series that came out with Neil Patrick Harris, but the film that came out with um, Jim Carrey as Captain. Hello, 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 hello. <laughs> yes. Um, if you have not seen the film, uh, the series of unfortunate events with Jim Carrey, you got to watch it i'm i don't know where to find it just go look for it it's probably it's you wonderful. can rent it on amazon probably i'm sure it's so good anyways there's this scene there's not that's not a romance movie there's no romance scenes in this movie um but there's a scene where they are um the baudelaire orphans the are- baudelaire. <laughs> <laughs> they're in the kitchen at count olaf's house and they are supposed they're supposed to make a delicious dinner for Count Olaf and his guests <laughs> and his acting troupe and his acting troupe and they go in the kitchen and it's like literally the filthiest thing you've ever seen. There's literally like roaches and like rats crawling mm. around. There's no food anywhere. He just expects them to make dinner for them, and like the three of them, well, mostly the older two, but you know the baby, you know, you know. Anyways. Um, they just like figure out a way to make dinner and they just like make dinner out of nothing essentially and they make pasta putinesca and uh it's this delightful scene and that was kind of how i felt about this um romance was it Mm -hmm. was these like people who obviously knew each other very well and knew how to work with each other very well Mm -hmm. and because of that could like make terrible situations feel maybe not so terrible because they mm-hmm. were with each other. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's a beautiful thing about friends to love. The friends to lovers trope is just like, there's just this comfort in that trope. And it's like, and when you're in it, there's just yeah. this comfort. Like that's I cool. can be in this terrible situation and I have this person who not only is my significant other, but also they're my best friend. So like, we can do life together and like whatever yeah. it throws at us. So mm-hmm. there's fine. <laughs> oh, I love That's that. Good. Amazing. Um, okay. So in this condensed version, we are now moving on to the God factor. Yes. Okay. 
So I'll go, first. go first. Yeah, go for I'll it. Go first. Wants to. Um, so I the the one thing that stood out to me was Logan's tragic kind of history. And um uh, it it sort of seemed like off the wall as far as like, whoa, where did that come from? You know, like, wow, he's that's the thing that from his past that he's this deep dark secret, which yeah, it's a horrible thing that mm. happened. But like it happened to him when he was five. So from Emmy's per- perspective, she's looking at that like you were a kid. Like why mm. would you think you're to blame for something like that? Um, but per- from his perspective, like his I because he was so young when it happened, like his identity was wrapped in that. Like mm-hmm. his mm-hmm. inability to be loved, his or his belief that no one would love him truly yeah. if they mm-hmm. knew him was from that place because his father yes. abandoned him and his mother sent him away. You know, like there was the trauma. And I just found this like beauty in like somebody like Emmy, who mm-hmm. is a, a best friend, um, mm-hmm. being able to call him back to a place of like truth yeah, and mm-hmm. tell him like the wrong, the negative thought patterns. And I think that's the beautiful thing about the body of Christ is like to surround yourself with people who mm-hmm. know you so well and are not afraid to say like you're in a you're in a pattern of thinking that is is stemming from trauma and the trauma it's where I'm not negating the trauma you've experienced mm-hmm. but I am telling you that it's created a, a pattern in your brain that is like you're believing these lies about yourself and can like bring you back to this place of truth so I thought that was a really powerful and it was short obviously um, but that was probably my god factor is just this. Um, just that beautiful scene of her being able to just speak life over him and bring him back to under, bring him back to a place where he could understand um, what the truth was actually about him. That was also my God factor, but uh, kind of a different side of that coin. So I feel like the one thing and we talked about this, I can't, I don't think we talked about this this season, but last season that there's something we talked about, I think with Becky Wade's book, stay with me, the idea that, if you keep the thing hidden that to you is the most shameful thing and yeah. you think that that's the thing that defined you yes. most times, I'm not saying, I'm just saying most times in the situation, especially as Madeline said, if you are surrounded by people who are following God, loving God, and we're all humans. We make mistakes, things happen. But the idea of being so afraid and shame being this thing that you've held over yourself, even though no one else would look at you that way, even if they knew. Um, and his mother didn't even um, it was that his own shame kept him in the dark. And he was even the way that because he didn't truly believe that he was worthy of anything, let alone love. And I, I do think that to me, a God moment is knowing that there's a time and place to share those things that you think are so deep that no one would love you despite that. But the truth is like, God loves you, you know? And the truth is that if you're in a community where you can have those friendships, even if they're not romantic at all, have those right. friendships that allow you to be vulnerable and true. And for that person, uh, when you speak life into them, um, to bring you out of darkness. I have this thing. I don't know why this memory keeps playing in, in my head, but years and years and years ago, when my sister and I lived at my parents' house, she 
I was like home one morning, like reading in the dark in the living room. And my sister comes home and she was like, why are the curtains on? She opens them. She's like, we need to let the light in. And then like later on that week, we were at like a youth group thing and we were praying and she felt called to like say that out loud about like, there's points where you need to open up the curtains and let the light in. And I feel like this was a good example of like the yeah. idea that in, in our own, we exist, we can exist in personal darkness of like, this is the thing, oh, you know? Yeah. And yeah, when you allow, even if it's like, I, you can't, I, I have to tell, I have to tell this person, um, yeah. that, that then you're allowing God to also speak through others. And so it's not just in your head. And so I think that was for me, uh, kind of an addition to that God moment. Cause that was so powerful. Um, cause yeah. I do think because Logan's a new Christian in, in this book, I do think it was probably his faith journey to that level was probably in the, the series. Um, but sure. that was also my, uh, God factor as well. Yeah. it's really good. That's awesome. I actually don't, I don't have anything to add. I think that was perfect. <laughs> brilliantly said. I agree with both of you. Yeah. Amazing. amazing. Um, I love that. I, it's sometimes we all get the same God factor and I love that. Um, uh, so I think we have some time. We have about nine minutes left here before um, we're at our um, capacity. So feeling really good. So we can talk about highs and lows. Morgan, would you like to go first for highs and lows? Because <laughs> we basically said all the parts for the God factor. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Um, so highs and lows. Uh, my high was probably, this is, I didn't take notes for this book, so I'm actually struggling. Um, my high, I loved all of the, we talked about this a little bit in the summary, but like the kind of like the car chase scene and then like the, um, there was just a lot of kind of, there were several like intense, like edge of your seat scenes yes. that were written really well. And they were so, mm -hmm. I love that kind of stuff. Like it's so mm -hmm. fun to read, even if it's, even if the situation is someone is in peril, yes. like it's just, you're just like <laughs> engrossed and yeah. you're turning the pages or in my situation, like frantically, like moving my finger over the screen to get my Kindle to turn the pages. <laughs> <it> actually <laughs> turn the pages. Um, and, uh, so I just, I really love those. And they really were like well done, intense, mm -hmm. um, fast pacing. So I love that. But that car chase especially was just like, it was so good. Um, and then lows, honestly, I didn't really have a lot of low points of this book. Like I said, the to me, the romance felt a little bit more cheesy than I like in parts. But as Odette said, I really do think that that was just because it was novella length. Mm -hmm. That wasn't any sort of failing on the author's part or whatever. Like it was just mm -hmm. a kind of a, a drawback Necessary. to being a shorter yeah. book. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, when you're trying to fit a whole relationship into a shorter right. uh, story, mm -hmm. but then also a mystery. Um, so that, that was probably my low, but it wasn't really, I didn't really have any, I just didn't, I really did just enjoy the story. I didn't really have many loves. Wow. What about you? Highs and lows? Um, I mean, my high was, I like really liked the car chase scene. That was really fun. Uh, <laughs> it was so it's good. good they were like barreling down the highway after this 18 wheeler in the semi. rain. It oh, was crazy. So good. It was so good. I yeah. loved it. Like an old one. Jeep. Yeah. I know yeah. that was definitely my favorite scene. Um, I also liked the very end when he had like his little reconciliation like that, like a memorial service for his grandfather yeah. and that like reconciliation of like that story arc or the completion mm -hmm. of that story arc. Um, because I thought Danny Petrie did a good job of, of 
of Logan's inner turmoil of like mm-hmm. trying to like process his grandfather's death, the man who raised him essentially, mm-hmm. but also like trying to solve a, a, the murder of who killed him. Like I thought she did a great job of mm-hmm. um, in this shortened form of like him wrestling through that. So the the completion of that story arc was really nice there at the end. Um, a low point for me. I mean, gosh, I'm not trying to be a copycat, Morgan, but yeah, I just wish I could have had more of Logan and Emmy. Like, I wish I could have had more of that, like, them together at the office, like, both liking each other, neither of them knowing about it. Like, yeah. I wish I could have had more of that. They were such, they, yeah. were, they were both fun mm-hmm. and um, quirky. I liked mm-hmm. how Emmy never didn't wear pants, didn't wear jeans. Like, she yeah. had no jeans. Like, that's so interesting. Like, she just wore little skirts. <laughs> yeah, just little things yeah. about them that were so quirky and interesting. And I would have loved to, like, have more of that. But of course, you know, it's a novella. Yeah. 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 Um, I would say a high for me was um, the um, dynamic between Emmy and Logan, even in the romance. Like, I feel like because they were friends first mm-hmm. and co-workers and partners there was this dynamic where like you know and part of it is I have talked about this before on the podcast but I love crime crime shows like scripted mm-hmm. crime shows I don't love true crime as much but I do love like Bones NCIS all those it's yeah. like all of them have that literally build for seasons and seasons and seasons of like two characters mm-hmm. you know un- like feelings and there'll be moments and there'll be things and so I wonder if part of that like that we're all craving would be in the series because this felt like the completion of if you just skip to the part where the characters are, are together um and so um I did like how quickly though I will say um because at times you just want them to be together and so I feel like there was no frustration on my part of like because it was like four chapters was, five chapters in it was like yes and I also, because I don't think I read the back cover before I started reading it. Um, and so I didn't realize until I got to Emmy's pr- point of view that she liked him too. I just thought it was going to be hit. Like, I wasn't sure how the story was going to play out. So it was like, oh, wait, yeah. okay. And then it just kind of developed. And so I thought that was actually really fun that it was, as much as I wanted more of it, I also genuinely liked that it wasn't a tease throughout the whole book. Like, that's one thing I feel like a lot of Christian books do, even novellas where the romance is like part of the story, but it's like, they don't really get together till like the very end and then the epilogue. And so I like the fact that they were like together throughout the book. Um, yeah. Cause that, cause you don't always get that. Yeah. Um, and then um, I would say a low for me might've been, I don't know that I had any lows, um, but maybe I, I honestly don't think, <laughs> I know I'm like baffling, but like I, I don't have any moment other than I was sad that his grandfather died. But I also know that it That's had a true. yeah, <laughs> like because you're just like because at the end when like they find the killer, I kind of wish this would have been a kidnap story where like it would have had the ending where they found okay. him, you know. Okay. But like he still could have gone because I was like, Colt seems like such a great grandfather. He actually like the way that he yeah. he talked about him and even how like when he opened the truck, it smelled like root beer and sunflower seeds. He reminded me not because of that, but like something about the way he was written. He reminded me of my grandfather who passed away like over 10 years ago now. But anyways, it was one of those things where I was like, I wish there could have been a happy ending for that. Like, yes, there was a yeah. resolution yeah. as in like, but like, like, but couldn't he have not been murdered and it just be a dramatic <laughs> kidnapping? <laughs> yeah. So that was my low point. <laughs> 
Yeah. Anyway, so that was our first hybrid episode. Wow, that was Yay. so fun. <laughs> Tell us what you think, Yes, people. let us know. <laughs> yes, let us know what you think. And um, yeah, I think that's a wrap for tonight, or today, I should yep. say, because you're probably listening to this dur- during the day, even though we record at night. Um, what are we reading next, ladies? What's next on the agenda? Well, do we, or should do we, we not know? say so we don't have to change? We probably shouldn't say because technically we don't know when this is going to come technically, out. Technically, we have no idea when this is going to air. <laughs> so you'll see what's next. You'll see. Yeah. You'll see. Follow us on Instagram. You'll follow see it. Us, follow us on IG. Then you will know what's coming next. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's the way to do it. <laughs> absolutely. It was a delight. And thank you, Danny, so much for talking to us. Thank you. Had so, so much fun. And cannot wait to read more of your books. Yay. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Follow us on Instagram at Redeeming Lit Podcast and be sure to subscribe on Apple or Spotify so you don't miss any episodes. If you have any questions or book recommendations, email us at redeeminglitpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, keep keep it lit. lit!